0: Glad you're availing yourselves of the powerful message provided by Wisdom Connection, the Media Ministry of Wisdom International Network Ministries, where individuals have been helped to shape their future to fulfill their God-given destinies. We pray that too, in message, will enable you to find fulfillment in life. Now let's receive the message. Introduction into the world. He was God, all God, and He tabernacled among men, and He became all men. Mm -hmm. The difference I wanted you to know is as children of God, we are men and women of God. Mm -hmm. He became the God of men. The difference is He's all God, and He chose to tabernacle. Mm -hmm. But you are all man, all woman, and you are introduced into divinity. So I'll say that God is divinity introduced into humanity. Your humanity introduced into divinity. You see, the opportunity he gave us is to have relationship with us rather than for us to give him a religious dogma, set of rules and regulations to follow. And for him to be able to do that, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is dead. The wages of sin is dead. So when man commits crime against God, the penalty is death. And not just death, but death eternally. That's the more difficult one. Mm -hmm. You see, when God speaks something in His Word, we don't have to just take it as just literal. We have to go deeper than that. If He says that when you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. They ate the fruit and they were looking at just... Collapsing and falling on the ground for 911 to be called. Mm-hmm. But you see, death starts from the natural into the spiritual. Yes. Or oh, let me rephrase it death starts from the spiritual before it surfaces in the natural. Yes, yes. Both are correct. If you're a spiritual being, you could realize that when you start being fervent in spirit, serving God, you begin to die
1: slowly. Does it mean you cease from this
0: life? No, it simply means that your effectiveness in spiritual things lessens and reduces. The same way, somebody can be sick naturally, but if they've not been diagnosed by experts, by medical scientists, they might think they're still alive until one day they do the test and the diagnosis and then finally it catches up to them. See, God doesn't want us to get to a place where we would find out we are dying before we connect. Jesus said in John 15, he says, I am the tree and ye are the branches. Any branch in me that bears not fruit is cut down. You see, he wants us to be connected to him, not be disconnected. And therefore we want nectar from him we partially and hypocritically try to connect. Most Christians do that, but He wants us to perpetually have a connection in Him so that He will become our source of everything. Mm -hmm. You see, we're depending and following the resource but He is the source. When we're connected to Him, we don't need any what resource. The resource is in Him. So anytime we need from Him what we need, He just supplies. See, today is um, they call it Palm Sunday, when he decided to go sign the deadly contract to save us from our sin. I'm not talking about the sin that you omit, but sin that was what transferred from generation to, to generation till he got to you. There are certain sins you didn't learn to do it, it came with you. David, the psalmist David says that our conceived in sin. And I was brought forth in sin. Okay. So if you're in sin and you're brought forth in sin, that should tell you naturally there's a DNA of sin in you that needs to be eradicated completely. Okay. Because if there is a sickness in your bloodline, there's a tendency every generation will carry that sickness. Okay. But Jesus, who was God that knew our need, and He walked majestically and boldly into Jerusalem, to face the penalty of sin forever. Mm-hmm. You see, that's where we come in as a church, and that's where we have to emphasize, because without the emphasis of that, we'll be gathering people who are just me-oriented. Mm-hmm. But when we understand this, we realize that if He's sending His only Son to eradicate sin forever in our lives, then He can truly give us all things. Yes. All things that we need to make our life better. All things we need to make our social life better. All things we need to have safe and sound mind. You see, if that is not emphasized, that's where the church becomes what? A gambling place, a place of gimmick, a circus, where people want to be entertained, entertained. They want to see a sign. They want people who are human beings like them to become superhuman beings and play gimmicks on them. But the emphasis should be on what they did. And what it did is what we're going to look at. The resurrection. Yes. Next week being Easter Sunday, we'll be talking about the resurrection power. Mm-hmm. See, the resurrection is something that most people don't talk about because they don't see its significance. When you use that word resurrect, it simply means that the thing or something was dead and came back to life. I'll say that again. Yes. See, resurrection is not a religious word, it's a word that depicts something that went dead. Say, dead. dead. Yes. Say, dead. Its yes. life was sucked out of it, and for some time, the life came back. Mm-hmm. Scientists will prove that when somebody stops breathing, for a certain period of time, I wouldn't say any time to conflict myself, but for a certain period of time, they declare him what? Dead. Sometimes they use brain dead and then I don't know which one is which, but they're dead. For the person after a period of time to come back to life is a miracle. Why? Because to the human mind, to the scientific community, and to human understanding, you can't stop breathing for a period of time and regain your breath. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So you see, for Christ to come and die and come back to life, He's teaching us something that we haven't taken time to emphasize on. Mm-hmm. I like reading the scripture for a background and I like reading the scripture for a confirmation. In John chapter 11, there was a story about two sisters whose brother passed away. Those two sisters were Jesus's close friend and their brother. You might think Jesus was a religious figure. Why did he have friends? The Bible says he ate and drank with sinners. You see, the fact that he was all God, he needs to sit where you're sitting. He needs to be where you are. He needs to feel what you feel before he can identify with you and save you. Most people who don't understand that will say that he was just a historical figure. He was one of those people. Let me tell you something. He was a person, but a significant and a different person based on his purpose, why he came here. You see, your significance in life is dependent on the fact that He came to change your position as a human being. Amen. If He hadn't come, humanity would have been useless. That's what most religious scholars accept. said. But I'm not teaching you religion. I'm teaching you a spiritual life that God provided for you through Himself. Amen. So when He was coming, He had that... One of his best friends died. That's Mary and Martha's brother. Called what? Lazarus. Lazarus Lazarus just passed away. You see, this was significant because Lazarus' death was to teach Mary and Martha that life is not just walking, eating, drinking, and doing business as usual. But life is also beyond this sphere. Mm-hmm. Death also can be taken as something not that somebody's past package and put in a casket and buried. But also death can be you're doing business eating and going about but you're dead. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to somebody? Because mm-hmm. that's what this passage is trying to teach us. When you read verse, let's go to the scripture and see if we can read a few verses to help us understand this. Verse 20, the Bible says, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother hath not died. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Yeah. You can see from the verse that Martha has a mindset. He knows Jesus has all it takes to preserve life. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to say that, Jesus, if you have been here, my brother... Was not what? Had died. Which means he had some kind of faith in Jesus. But his faith was not complete. Let's read on. He said, but I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her. You see that? Jesus, the moment he said that, Jesus didn't want that to slide. Jesus didn't want Martha to have that kind of mindset because life is all about perspective. And your perspective becomes your reality. So look at how Jesus responded. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Did you see that? Yes. Your brother shall rise again. So what Jesus was telling to tell Martha in the nutshell is, Yes, I'm happy you trust me that if I'm here, your brother will not have died. Yes, I like the fact that you know that I have power with the creator. That I can pray and your brother will come back to life. Mm -hmm. But I want to offer you another deal. And this deal is don't be limited just to the afterlife. But also have faith in the here and now. Mm -hmm. Look at it. Martha said unto him, I know that. He shall rise again where? In the resurrection at the last day. Why postpone your life till you die to live the life after death? Mm-hmm. Look at it. You see? Sometimes that's what the church emphasizes. And here, what? By and by you die and go to heaven. Why not let me enjoy the heaven here right now? So Jesus was shifting matters' perspective and is telling her. Don't only be thinking about the last day. Look at what it said. But Jesus said unto her, I am. Say I am. I, I am. am. Come on, emphasize. Say I am. I, I am. am. You see, anytime you see the word I am, which uh, God revealed to Moses in the Old Testament, he's telling you, I can be anything and everything you want me to be at a specific time, in a particular time, mm-hmm. how you want it. Yeah. Did you get? that? Yes. Look at it. He started by saying, I am, what you're expecting to see is right in front of you, right now. Church, are you seeing what I'm saying? I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Does it mean they wouldn't get out of this physical body? No, it simply means that they will have life here till the resurrection comes and they will have life again after the resurrection. Amen. So what I want to bring to you this morning, being a triumphant walk, being, some people call it a or Palm Sunday, whatever title you give to it. You see, it wouldn't mean anything if you don't understand this simple principle. That his presence on earth was to give us hope for living. So that if you don't have that hope and you're thinking that there is going to be another life after, you lose out a lot. Why? Because the moment he was introduced, he made life present continuous to everyone who believes in him. Present continuous means that when you believe in what he came to do, what he came to emphasize on, and why he came, you see, your life from that time on ceases to be death. Mm -hmm. It becomes life all the way through. Mm -hmm. Why did he do this deal? Because the first man was Adam. He confused everything. And the, the promise is the day you eat of this fruit, you surely die. So there should be somebody who should come and reverse the promise it was given. Amen. The day you eat the fruit, you shall what? The word is surely. Say surely. Surely means it's a guarantee. Did (laughs) Adam fall down and die? No. He started became from the day he ate the fruit. See, so what Christ did was he came to role reverse it. Mm. So that when you give your life to him and you accept him as your Lord and personal Savior, from that time on, the death in you becomes life. Amen. The life in you becomes abundance. Amen. The sickness in you becomes health. Amen. The shame becomes confidence. I mean, any negative thing we inherited from Adam, the last Adam came to reverse it. Amen. So when we talk about the resurrection, we're talking about death things. Come into life. Mm-hmm. Can I say that again? Yes. When we talk about the resurrection, we are talking about dead things coming to life. There are people who tell you when they, they they became born again and they accepted Christ, they were dyslexia. Psychologists will just diagnose someone and say this person's brain is now wired to retain information. They can't learn. But when they became born again. They started first reading the Bible, understood the Bible, didn't understand English, couldn't speak English, started preaching in English. You see, there are a lot of testimonies I can give you that will baffle your mind that scientists wouldn't have a proof for it. Mm. That's what made Christ unique. That's what made Christ different from all the religious figures that came to propagate what he came to propagate. I like talking about Christ because he cannot be confirmed. Or compared to any religious figure. He's it's God. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are afraid to say that because it's a conflict. If he's God, how can you kill God? You see, God can submit himself to human laws. Mm-hmm. So he tapped that among them so that he can understand what you're feeling, how you're feeling, what you're going through. Some of you, when you feel sad, you think God doesn't feel sad. God is always sad about how human beings are living. Mm -hmm. Because he created you in in his image and likeness. Whatever emotion you're feeling, he feels the same way. But you see, he doesn't allow his emotions to dominate and control (laughs) you like some of us allow our emotions and feelings to dominate us because he's God. He can temper mercy with justice. That's why you're still living. Amen. You're calling him, the Bible says, accursed, and you're not dead, and you think your king Ping. is by his mercy that you're still alive. Amen. So that you can have a change of mind and a change of heart to come back to your senses to know that he's the king of kings, Yes. And the Lord of Lords. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So when Paul came on the scene, Paul identified with this resurrection power. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. And then we'll continue next week Sunday being the resurrection Sunday. And we're emphasize more on the resurrection power. Amen. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Philippians chapter 9. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Philippians 3. Mm-hmm. Philippians doesn't have that many chapters. I hope I'm blessed with somebody. Yes. Identify with him. Identify first with his death, burial, and resurrection. And begin to look at yourself in the book in which God has written everything about you. The word of God is God's love letter to his children. Are you at Philippians 3? Yes. yes. Just be a little long from verse 5. It says, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin eh, eh, and Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Yes. Yes. Come on, what a resume. Mm-hmm. This is what the natural man would call a perfect man. Mm-hmm. Paul has a resume that when he stands among the elite of the elite, he stands out. So it came to a point Paul taught that he can become the judge, to judge the church. Bring all the people who were on the way, Jesus is <laughs> the way, the truth, and the life, back to the old ways, which was what? The law. And you know the story. But look, he's writing to, to the Philippians, He saying that this was my resume. I was persecuting the church. I are something to be proud of, but look at what it says. But what things were gained to me? Those are counted loss for who? Loss for who? Loss for who? Christ. See, that's why I emphasize on the Christ. If you don't understand who the Christ is, your role or your place in the church will be meaningless. Understand the Christ. See, the Christ in you is that which brings you that hope that you can still live on after you've passed from this life. So he says that what? I counted all loss for Christ, yea, doubtless. I count all things by loss for the excellency of the knowledge of whom Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them, But done that I may what? That I may what? That I may what? What What is your priority as a child of God? To drive a Bentley? To buy a house at the, they call what? Prime real estate? Or to have what? Excellent kids. Quickly clean, no fault. Or to have uh, a reputation in your community. All these things are good but put them last. Because the first, look at what uh, uh, Paul said. He said, I counted my reputation as drunk so that I may be able to win Christ. Win Him. Win Him. He's making an effort so that He will become the central part of His life. Let me continue. And be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but the, that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Yes. So no one can work his own righteousness except that which Christ has already done for us. Says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made what? Conformable Amen. unto his death. He by any means I not attain the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I have already attained the neither were I what, already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Thirteen, read with me, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but these thing, this one thing I do, to get to those things which are behind, and reaching for unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God where in Christ Jesus. We'll end the reading there, but what I want you to get in this lesson is resurrection power is something you tap into by identifying with Christ. That will be our next subject, resurrection power. If you resurrected, is giving you the right to resurrect too. But what he was talking to Martha about is to change Martha's what perspective about the subject of resurrection. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be for the last day. It's meant to be for you right now. Amen. If you believe what he came to do for you. Resurrection power gives us a, a life called a higher calling. Mm-hmm. We're ready. We'll continue next week, so I don't want to go too deep in it. There's a higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. Yes. And when you identify with the Christ, that call is attached to you. Amen. Many are called. You heard that? Yes. But few are chosen. God calls us the moment we come into the Christ. And when we walk the higher calling, we become the chosen one. Amen. Yes. Anybody getting it? When we walk in our calling, some of us are walking away from our calling. Some are walking out of our calling. Some are even confused whether we are called or not. If you are called, you live a different lifestyle. And that's where I emphasize Christianity is not a religion, people have made it a religion. Christianity is a lifestyle, it's a way of life, it's how people live. Christianity is a culture. That mm-hmm. when you are in the Christ, people will identify you quickly and say that they look just like the Christ. <clears throat> are you living your own life trying to present that to the Christ? Walk in the resurrection. Mm-hmm. God bless you. This week we're talking about resurrection yeah. power. Get <coughs> tuned and tune in. God bless you. Mm-hmm.